Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month. And you know what that means. Yep, she's back again. Dr. Alessandra Duke is joining Sunny today. So the two of them have a lot to catch up, especially around sacred success, because it's all about living and learning. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday, which means I'm one of your co-hosts, Sunny Joy McMillan, also joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Woohoo! And uh, <laughs> Sunny in Seattle's here every Friday on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM KKNW from 9 to 10 AM Pacific, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. Radio that positively shines. And don't forget, you can always access the show archives. If you want to go back and listen to the show or can't catch it live, those are found at 1150kknw.com. My website, if you want to connect with me for coaching or anything else, is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, what, do you, what information do you want to give out? Yeah, um, let's see. If people want to learn more about me, they can head to my website, alessandraduke.com, and just learn more about what I do and different offerings that I have. Yes, and I believe you have some new, brand new photos up as well. Yes. Well, and the funny part is, is they, they haven't made it to my actual website, but they're on Facebook floating around and you have one for the promo today. So I do, I had, um, this amazing woman, Jeanette Castellari, um, a photographer in Seattle, take some photos here in Bellingham and they came out so beautiful. And I am not someone who likes my photos taken at all, but they are, they'll be on the website soon. I, yeah, I agree. They are amazing. And what did, how did you put it when you posted it? I had to laugh because you said, I'm not quite as strange as I normally act or something. And like when I get in front of a camera, oh my gosh, it's like something takes over me. It's like, I'll be fine. I'm kind of going about, I'm feeling good. And then somebody brings out a camera and I get so awkward. Like <laughs> something bizarre happens in my psyche and I just do awkward things with my face and awkward movements and it just gets very bad. And, you know, photographers are usually, um, you know, it takes a certain special someone to get me to just calm down and be normal. <laughs> but I managed, I think I said something about like, I was a little less awkward or yeah, something like that. Well, they turned out great. I will say for anyone else out there, because I also, um, am not the most comfortable in front of a camera all the time, but, um, I had heard the tip before that when you look into the lens, Mm -hmm. just think of communicating like love from your heart to whoever is on the other side. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I love it. To the camera. I love it. Not make love to the camera. Well, that's you can with your eyeballs. Maybe that's that's what Benny does, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Secret safe with only me. But just like (laughs) feeling love. There we go. Your audience. Yeah. Speaking of which, Benny, since you jumped in there, what is going on with you? Give us all the updates. Not a whole lot. Wait for it. (gasps) Oh. Oh, is it Seafair? Yeah. Oh boy! They are back. Oh, that makes me sad. Uh, we can actually watch all of the the shows and the from like the roof of our house in Seattle. So that oh, a little bit, my heart's a little uh, sad. Another. I'll give all the high yeah. fives to all the pilots for you. 
Yeah. Well, do you, do you, are you and the boys going to go participate in any of that? Uh, not really sure. You know, um, we have the last few years, maybe we're just going to kind of take maybe a break from it, just see it from a distance. Uh, their dad, or their dad, that's me. <laughs> their <laughs> <laughs> their grandfather yeah. <laughs> actually works on Boeing Field. So we've been able to uh, get a close up and personal of them throughout the last few years. So we'll see if we can lock that one back in too. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, okay, awesome. Uh, any anything else? Any other life updates? Yep. Any- yep. 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 That's about it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Alessandra, you got any questions for Benny? <laughs> no love, <laughs> I'm not no getting cam- anything out of him. <laughs> well, <laughs> no camera sessions. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Benny, oh. what's been like the most exciting thing that you've done so far this summer? Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've done a lot of things. It, it can be just like something that comes to your mind that you were like, whoa, that was awesome. That was amazing. I'm glad I did that. Having dinner with you. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, we got a little, we had a little really get together. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good dinner companions. All right. We caught up outside the studio doors, which is very nice. That was um, a first. You know, yeah. I've been to the uh, you know I've been to the lake a couple times this year, which been a, which has been amazing. You know, we've had good uh, sunshine here in the last few uh, days here in the Seattle uh, area, except for last night we had a little rain shower through the overnight. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean the boys are entering third grade. I think that's pretty sweet too. Their brains are molding quite nicely. I think their mom, <laughs> their mom and I did a great job and still continue to do so. And uh, yeah, that's about it. You're like, let me pat myself on the back. Yep, we thank you, thank you. In fact, I amazing. will even do one better than that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love that. It must be nice to have a soundboard where you can applaud yourself anytime what? you want, Vinny. No, what are you oh, talking so about? Those are true fans. Of course. <laughs> well, you're just you're just like showing what's happening out there in the listening audience. Yes. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's showing what's possible. Exactly. You know, just giving us like all kinds of possibilities. Lots of color. Yeah. Woo! Well, awesome. Um, okay, so um, before we hopped on air, Alessandra, I was mentioning, of course, we always go back and forth about what is going on, what we're yeah. learning, what we want to share. And I wanted to do a follow-up to one of our past shows. Actually, I think I've mentioned it twice. But kind of the, is it okay if I dive in with that now? Are you, yeah, please. please Anything yeah. else pressing you want to talk about before? No, I mean, I'm just so curious, you know, because we're always, you know, checking in a little bit before the show, just you mentioned a couple of things and revelations that you've had. So I'm just really excited to hear about that. And I think that listeners will be too. Yeah. Well, first of all, I know most of, you know, our KKNW audience um, follows at least tangentially what's going on astrologically. And so I think... <laughs> It feels like we're always in Mercury retrograde at some point in the year. It happens a lot. I don't normally pay attention to it. And I really, this wasn't one of those times where when it was happening, I was having terrible tech issues or anything like that. But I will say that as we are coming out of it, I think it was either yesterday or today. Yesterday, it was like, I've been, we're going to talk about the word receptive surrender in the show today. That's a word that I learned from a book that I'm reading by Barbara Stanny. Um, and, uh, so I, we're going to talk about that, but it feels like I have really been in this place of receptive surrender, probably even since we've landed here in Petaluma, but, um, especially in the last month or so, it just feels like, um, um, like this, this kind of, um, what's the word, like restlessness that there's something there that needs to 
come forward, but it's just not there yet. So yesterday was just like this whoosh of stuff. So there's some updates um, around that. But um, I guess now I'm like teasing 10 things in the same. Yes, <laughs> you are. It's so exciting. So I'll just to go back um, to revisit something that I've talked about in past shows that I've been toying with. The idea being that instead of making a list of exactly what I want to happen in my life, which is sometimes what a vision board is or what a what a there are various manifestation techniques where you make a list of exactly, let's say it's you want to manifest love in your life. And so you make a list. I want this person to have brown hair and be funny and live here and do this work or whatever it is. Instead of going at it like that and being specific, really letting go of the what and the how and just putting a feeling state that you want to experience. So I had great, the, the greatest evidence of this happening in my life was the arrival of Chase in my life. And so at the time that he arrived in my life, all I had, I had like let go of all the specific lists and had just said, okay, my specific lists that I have manifested have not worked so well. So let's just step the little small human self out of the way and let's just Pray and meditate on peace for a while. Peace everywhere in my life. Just peace. Peace, please, peace. Mm. And Chase shows up and he literally is the embodiment of peace. He just radiates it. He is, and Lamont always says that the system works because we're not all crazy on the same day. And for me, I am like crazy 99% of the time and Chase is crazy maybe 1% of the time. So he's just, he's kind of the, he grounds me very much. So Anyway, that worked really well for me. So I thought, okay, if it worked really well in the area of relationship in my life, why don't I experiment with this on a larger scale, like giving up the what and the how for a while and just focusing on feeling states that I want to experience, joy, peace, freedom, purpose. You'll notice those are the same things I've always used in the show intro. Those are the, those are the feeling states that I am most inspired by and drawn to that I want to create in my life. So then, um, you know, I always watch Martha Beck's weekly, she calls it the gathering room. It's a Facebook live that she does for 30 minutes every Sunday. It's free. And it's just a wonderful way where she talks about what she's been looking at reading inspired by. And then there's, you know, 15 minutes of her talking and then 15 minutes of everyone who's live on the feed getting to ask questions. So one of the more recent ones she did was about failure, not being failure. And she, uh, had recently come across this study about goal orientation, which it sounds like from a very specific, or sorry, from a very scientific standpoint, that would be the equivalent of manifestation, like goal setting is <laughs> kind of, mm-hmm. you know, what science might call it. So this study really validates what I have, I feel like I took from it that it validates what I have been experimenting with. So here's what the study said. And then we're, this is how we will let you all apply it to your lives as well. Cause there's an, a neat little tool that she had to do this. So basically the study looked at goal orientation and said that setting goals sets one up for failure because every day that you aren't at the goal, it feels like a failure. So for example, if your goal is to write a book every day that you go to bed, that you haven't written the book, you feel like you're not there yet. And perhaps it's a mini failure of sorts. So what they looked at was instead of setting particular goals to go about it in a certain way. And if you go about it, and I'll explain what that means in a moment. If you go about it in a certain way, what they found was that it makes people happier and counterintuitively more likely to achieve whatever the goal was that's in the back of your mind. So how to do this? 
going about it in a certain way looks like choosing adverbs and verbs that go together instead of thinking about what you were doing, like a noun, book is a noun, instead of thinking about what you were doing, think about how you are doing it. So for example, Brene Brown's book title, Daring Greatly, that's a verb and an adverb. So that's an example of going about your tasks in a certain way versus having a specific goal. So Martha used the example. She's currently writing a book. I think that's why the example came up. Um, she's writing a book on her experience doing what she calls an integrity cleanse. And she said that every day that she hasn't finished it because she has been working on it for several years now, um, and every day she doesn't finish it, she feels like, ah, it's a horrible feeling, uh, which doesn't move you closer really to the goal. Um, so instead, she has picked the verb and the adverb creating passionately. And so now she is working toward creating passionately. So in this study, they looked at a group of students um, and when they had the students set a goal like higher grades, then the students didn't necessarily get higher grades than the group that they were really looking at. And here's the exercise that anyone else can apply out there. And this is what they had the, the students do. Identify a hero and write about this hero and define a value that they hold and apply that. So for example, Martha used um, uh, uh, Mary Oliver, of course, the very beautiful poet, or uh, wrote beautiful poetry who passed not too long ago. But she felt inspired by Mary Oliver because she created wisely and passionately. And so as Martha goes about finishing this next book, instead of the book finishing being her goal, she is creating passionately every day. And so when they had students do this, find a hero, write about them, define their value, and then you apply that value to your life, a verb and an adverb, they found that those students achieved higher grades than the ones who just set the goal to achieve higher grades. And of course, they got better grades than the control group who did nothing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that that is absolutely beautiful, you know, and I think, you know, I'm over here taking notes because I think, I think that that is so true. It's really wonderful, I think, in some ways to to have a goal and to be in pursuit of something that you're wanting. But I think that when you're talking about wording it in these ways, you know, I'm, you know, things like I'm I'm creating passionately every day, right, as being the way to that, the way to that book, right? Yes. That like how you are, how you aim to be in that book. That sounds amazing because yes. in that way you can be creating passionately every day, right? If that was your aim, exactly. whereas the book is not going to be written every day. So you could be spending a lot of time being like, well, where's my book? Right. I don't have that book yet. Am yeah. I, am I failing at this? Right. And so I think there's so many different discussions around goals and how to look at that, but I love this. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and I love it. I just use that as kind of a scientific perspective or validation of sorts on me picking feeling states. And so I actually played around with it. And I was thinking, you know, for me right now, I want to live connected. And by connected, I mean to the divine, to my soul, to that. That's where I want to be led, not by the human self, but by the soul. And so if I live connected, yeah, I can come to the end of every day a success, even if the new offering that I want to put out there or the next book that I want to write 
is not done yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, it made me feel like, to me, it feels like a relief in the body and there's not as much resistance. And it's interesting because next week on the show, I will be talking to one of my, the, the spiritual teachers that I have admired the most for the past several years, who has been a big part of my path, Tosha Silver. Um, and she talks about instead of you can still, the goal could maybe be in the back of your mind. Like you don't just give up ever wanting to finish the book clearly, but it becomes instead of this grasping, burning desire that must happen just the way that your small human self wants it. Instead, it just becomes a preference. It's like a soft preference. I think she got that from Ajishanti. Um, I think that's where that originally came from. But yeah, so you still, the goal, it's not like you have to give up all your goals and, and just sit and just do your verb and your adverb, but maybe they become soft preferences versus grasping desires that create a sense of failure every day that they have not occurred yet in your life. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and I wonder, do you, and I want to say, wow, bringing Tosha Silver on, I love her work so much. So I'm over here like, oh my gosh, can I, can I sit in on the interview? I'll (laughs) sit in by listening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And if anyone wants to get a jump on next week's show, if you haven't heard, I think I've mentioned it once or twice, but her newest book uh, through Hay House is called It's Not Your Money. And it's about really, um, offering everything to the divine. And again, letting go, like releasing the death grip that you have with your fist and being open to receiving, knowing that, you know, the higher power of your understanding is going to provide and meet your needs. Uh, you will always be taken care of. And so when you look at it from that way, you know, you don't have to manifest and have in the bank a million dollars, or you don't have to have, she said the title can be used interchangeably really with anything. It's not your job. It's not your spouse. It's not your child. It's not any of the things that we can get really grippy about really turning it all over to the higher power of your understanding. She calls it divine beloved, which I love. Um, yeah. And then letting go. So I think it really, that coincides well with what I, what I've been experimenting with and all of this other stuff we've been talking about today. So yes, yeah. Jump on it and read the book. It's not your money. <laughs> it's not your money. So one of the things that you had been reading is that book, sacred success. Can we talk about like some of the, the revelations that have come for you around that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. Um, another author that she has been on my radar screen for years now, and you all may know her work. Her name is Barbara Stanny. Doesn't, didn't she recently get married and she decided to change her last name? Yeah. Barbara Houston. Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. H-U-S-O-N, I believe. Yes. Okay. But if you Google Barbara Stanny, it will, she still has it very, uh, search engine optimized for Barbara Stanny because I think that's yes. how she's been known for so long. So to give you a little background on her, um, so, oh no, I forget which one of H and R block, of course, a company that many of you will be familiar with. Her dad was the H or the R. I can't the remember. R. The, the R. R. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot there for a moment. So she is the daughter of the R from H&R Block. So clearly comes from a family of great wealth. And um, she nevertheless 
um, it, the way that she describes it is that her dad always just handed her the papers to sign. And then she got married to someone who said, here, just sign these papers. So when it came to her money and her relationship with money, it was a very blinders on approach that someone else will take care of it for her. She doesn't need to worry about it. It will always be there and, you know, just go on about your life and do your thing. And she ended up, um, her and now ex-husband, but uh, this, um, this was many, many years ago, the man that she was married to and had several children with, um, he had a gambling addiction. And so basically he was burning through all of her money that she received from her trust without her knowing about it. And she of course had her blinders on until one day when she showed up at the ATM machine and there wasn't, there was not $60. And of course, knowing what she comes from, not having $60 in the bank account was a bit alarming. And she finally had to own up to this. And so um, the journey became for her to really develop a relationship with money and to look at it with open eyes. And A Course in Miracles was something that she picked up around, it was around that same time. And that is what got her through because when the man finally left her, she was hit with a tax bill of a million or $2 million that she didn't know how she was going to pay. And he had moved off, gone back to, I think he's from Israel originally. So he was out of the country. And so she was left with this judgment or this tax lien basically, and or tax bill. And uh, she had to get right with her finances to recover because she was then a single mom. And yes, she still had, there was some principle in her trust left, but still there was a lot for her to deal with. And so she isn't, has ended up really helping women um, understand money and their relationship to it. And so the book that I have picked up by her is called Sacred Success. And it's all about, um, when she originally set out to write this, she was interviewing female um, women who were making a million dollars or more. And she wanted to find out what were the characteristics that they shared so that she could help other women make seven figures and beyond. And um, what she found when she really set out to write this in the end, she had all these interviews, but there was something the book was, it just wasn't coming together. And she ended up writing Sacred Success instead, which is the book that I'm reading. And it's really, she said about going to the root of women's power and how that is tied to our relationship with our finances, which may seem like a uh, duh, mm -hmm. but the way that she writes about it, she kind of goes through history and how women became disempowered and separated from money. Um, you know, there were a lot of patriarchal structures that were in place and a lot of those, you know, women couldn't open a bank account without their husband's permission. Could women couldn't even get a credit card on their own until the seventies, which just sounds like banana pancakes, mm -hmm. but there are, you know, millennia of this type of structures in place. So it's really about women really stepping into what she calls the call to greatness and embracing their power through one of the ways through their finances. So I have just been like blown away by her work and what's so funny. So <laughs> this is just this, the serendipity of these things is so amazing to me. I start reading her book and I start gushing to Alessandra about it. And Alessandra, what did you say to me? <laughs> I said, I know Barbara Stanny. She just, <laughs> she just came to one of my workshops and she had come to Lady Bosses, the organization that I lead for women entrepreneurs in Seattle. So I thought, oh my gosh, I know this person. And it was funny because I had met Barbara um, 
before I knew that she's the author of all of these amazing books, right? And I'm actually, I'm so glad I did not know any of this history about her when she came to the workshop. I was co I was co-teaching um, because I think I would have been a little like intimidated, right? Like, what do I have to show this woman? Um, but honestly, Barbara is just one of, I mean, she is an absolute delight as a human and so humble, right? I mean, there are a lot of um, people out there that are, you know, uh, well-known authors or, you know, big money people. And um, and there's just this kind of energy, like they're sort of untouchable or something in this way. And Barbara is just she is absolutely incredible. And she, um, it sounds like she's been, uh, just an incredible part of so many women's lives in getting them to have a different, healthier relationship with money. And so, um, you know, even when I met her at the workshop, um, you know, I wanted her, <laughs> I wanted her to come speak at lady bosses. Um, but she was like, Oh, you know, she is public speaking is just not her thing, you know, but she did come to one of our events and um, started, you know, really understanding that she is maybe more identifying as sort of like a financial therapist, right? Because she is talking about how so many of those emotions and everything are connected to money. So she's just a delight. I couldn't believe like she's on your radar. That's who's building you up. And I literally had just met her and had this you know, insight for you on my end. So that was really exciting. Yeah. And so, okay. So number one, go to lady bosses and you just might run into somebody like Barbara Stanny there. Yes. Yes. Now <laughs> I'm if, offering a program where just celebrities come. So you should probably check it out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that's so funny. Um, she also wrote a book called, uh, which I have not read. It was a gift. I received it several years ago and it's just been sitting there. Um, it's called Overcoming Under Earning. And um, I'm I'm not real sure how she defines it, but uh, one of our, our teachers in common, Brooke Castillo, just ran uh, a little six-week thing um, through her self-coaching scholars around under-earning and defining it as, you know, the, that you have the ability to earn more um, and you want to earn more, and yet you are not. And why is that? And it really is not, a lot of people would say, well, it's because, you know, this is what my boss will pay me, but there's actually so much more to it than that. And that's what I'm, this again, I've been in this huge practice of, if you have a nail in your foot, do you take a bunch of morphine and keep the nail in your foot? I mean, that's one <laughs> option. Or do you remove the freaking nail? Mm -hmm. And so I am really, there's so many things in my life that I'm looking at and I want to get to the root cause because I can see tendencies in myself where, uh, that I have the ability to earn more and I would love to earn more because now, you know, I'm reading about it and I'm thinking, oh, this sounds so exciting and so fun. So why is that not happening? What are the beliefs that I have been carrying that prevent me or not prevent me, but are at least in my mind, making me believe that it's not possible or whatever that is. So Barbara's work, I would highly, highly recommend. I'm kind of taking a deep dive now. I'm going to invite her to be on the show. We'll see if maybe Alessandra can can work her connections if I can't get her to get on the show. And maybe yeah, Alessandra, absolutely. Mr. Arm. Maybe we could interview her together. That would be fun since you know her. Oh, that would be so fun. That would be so fun. But I don't want, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I oh, think God. she'd be happy to talk to you. No, there's no thunder here. It's <laughs> let's, let's share Barbara's work so that it can help yeah, other people out there. Her. Yeah, there's, yeah, I love just the, and also I have to say, 
A Course in Miracles has been sitting on my bookshelf now for about six or seven years. And it's a weighty, it's a meaty work. It really is. And, and it has felt a little too complex at times for me to just pick up and start flipping through. But her book, the one that I'm talking about, Sacred Success, the subtitle is A Course in Financial Miracles. And she really brings in some of the most amazing pieces of A Course in Miracles to incorporate finance. Because I think this was never the case for me, but I think I have, I see this a lot in, in some of my clients and in the spiritual community that there is still this remnant of money being the root of all evil and money not being tied like spirituality and and money are very separate that you shouldn't charge if you're doing service or meet a spiritual work. And I've never had that in my, that does not feel like any kind of um, belief system that I have carried forward either from past lifetimes or this one, that's not in my frame of reference, but I know it is for a lot of the people that I work with and I talk to and Barbara brings in it's, it's beautiful spiritual approach to your power and your money because they are very tied together. Mm. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, and she does it in a way that makes it very, I think, approachable, especially if you're coming from a background where money feels icky. Um, yes. so. Well, and I love that you're saying, and I'm sure we need to go on break in a second here, but um, I love that you're that you are saying that you're willing to take a moment and really look at some of what's showing up in your own life, right? Because I think that the tendency can be like, okay, I'm going to read the books. I'm going to learn the things, but not really taking a moment and be, you know, figuring out like, how am I getting in my own way here when it comes to something like under earning or it comes to, which, you know, Brooke Castillo had talked about, like you're under earning, no matter if you're earning a certain amount and you know you could be making more, right? Or there, yeah. you want to make more anything. Yeah. If you want to make more than you are currently making, you are under earning. Yeah. Right? She so used herself as the example. She, she said when, when she was earning a million dollars a year, that was under earning for her because mm-hmm. now 25 million is her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And she was <laughs> like, and even now I'm under earning because yeah. her goal is a hundred million. And this might sound, you know, ridiculous to some people, you know, who are listening, but I think that, I think it's really important when you're looking at your life to really understand any kind of, um, blocks that you, that you might be unconsciously creating or excuses or, or some, you know, I might not even call them excuses, but just, just these kind of false narratives that we have that we play out like, well, you know, this job is only going to pay me this much, or, you know, my life just kind of turned out this way or, you know, like you in your own life, Sunny could say, well, you know, I, yeah, I had this, this ex, you know, husband and it can't, things just kind of happened this way, right. Rather than looking at like, what is, what's happening in my life now? Yeah. What are the things that I'd really like to shift yeah. and how am I kind of maybe unconsciously or consciously even getting in my own way of, you know, of helping those things manifest you know, so I love that you just talk about your, you know, your own personal willingness to look at that. Heck yeah. Cause to me, if I look out in the world and someone else is doing something that inspires or fascinates me and I am not yet doing it, why not? Is yes. there something that I have created or have pulled along with me as baggage that I can clear and then step into, I love the way she put, you know, step into the call to greatness, answer the call to greatness. Yes. And yeah, so that's why I'm looking at it. Cause I'm like, huh. If these other people are doing it, 
I can too. Why yeah. am I not? Let's look at this. So anyway. Well, and I love that when, even when we think of, you know, concepts like jealousy or envy, right? Something that I talk with my clients about a lot is transforming that into inspiration, right? When yes. you are feeling envy or you are seeing other people are doing these kinds of things that you want to be doing to not waste your time asking, well, why does she have it? And I don't have it. Or why is she able to do it? And I'm not, but rather like, is that this person is showing me what is possible. Yes. And if that is possible, you know, I, like I certainly could do it too. Right. And then what is it that I need to cultivate within to feel, to start taking those steps toward that end, right. Rather than making it like a comparison or a jealousy thing, which can just be a, an immediate trap and down, down spiral. And certainly is not going to help you manifest the things that you want in your life. Right. When you're vibrating at that lower, um, that lower energy point. Exactly. I love that. And I'll just add this one little bit. And then I know Benny's probably itching to take us to a break because we're a little past the half hour mark. Um, but that, um, that if someone fascinates you and it could be someone that you're jealous of or inspired by any of the things, if they fascinate you, there's a reason that that is the case. And it's mm -hmm. likely because if you are, if you're jealous for, of someone, for example, that you have the capacity within yourself and you are not stepping into it. Like if it, if you look at it and it fascinates you, inspires you, makes you jealous, it's in your realm of possibility. Like it exists for you to be doing that. That's why it's inspiring these emotions in you because that is your, that is your invitation to step into it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't exist as a dream in your heart if it was not possible for you. Um, yeah, Absolutely. so I love that. Well, and I think that, that, you know, that there's so many things that, you know, other people are doing that really like, don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't ignite that fire for us at all. Right. right. Like being a, um, professional bowler or something. I'm not like, Oh my God, why is that person a professional bowler? I'm not, you know, I wanted to do that and now he's got it, you know, and I don't have that desire in my heart at all. So I think that those times when we're looking outward and we're like, Oh man, that looks amazing. Or why is that person doing that? Even if we notice it feels awful in the moment, yeah. That, that, that is a spark within our hearts. That is a calling like, Oh, I am interested in this. I am interested in, you know, emulating some of this or talking about that topic that that person's talking about, right? Like if it lights you up in some way, it's just like channeling it for good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then let's take our break. So you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday, which means there are two of us. I'm Sunny Joy. And I'm Dr. Alessandra Duke. And Benny on the board, taking us to a break, and we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom. 
as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your hosts on first Friday of the month, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yeah. So just to wrap up, I wanted to mention, since I mentioned it in the very beginning, um, there was a term that I learned in Barbara's book sacred success, um, the term being receptive surrender. And I said, I would explain that a little more. Do you mind if I say that? And then I want to talk about your, this whole perfectionism thing that oh, you had yeah. mentioned. Yeah. No, please. Yeah. Okay. So receptive surrender. So I'll just use her as an example. So she'd done all of these interviews with these women who were earning seven figures and beyond, um, just to see what common things they, they shared so that, you know, other women could be able to create the same should they wish to. And it just wasn't going anywhere. So she basically took a four day retreat and, and then ended up taking what in what started as a, maybe a one month sabbatical turned into nine months. And it was what she called a time of receptive surrender. Um, and it was during that time, it's funny that it was nine months, but it's about the same time, you know, it's gestating a human baby, but it was a time of gestation and allowing her juices to get flowing again so that at the tail end, she started receiving some very, very direct guidance from, um, you know, source that now she was to create this workshop around sacred success. And it's now the book that I'm reading. And so just, um, allowing, if that resonates for anyone out there, allowing those times of receptive surrender so that all the good stuff can come through in divine right timing whenever that is. And as a human, we may not know what that is, but trusting that there is a higher power or your soul or something that is out ahead of you orchestrating what is coming next. And if you can just stay present and allow it to come through you whenever that is, that that works pretty well. So anyway, that was receptive surrender. I love it. Okay. So perfectionism. Okay. So I loved <laughs> this phrase you used perfectionism wearing distractions 
clothing. Like, okay, so what's going on for you around this? <laughs> well, okay. So I was thinking, I had never really thought about myself as a perfectionist, which might, I mean, for people who know me, maybe they would think like, really? That That's bizarre. Um, but I had never really thought of that because there's a lot of parts of me that are kind of like, can be kind of low key, right? Like even when we mm -hmm. talked about, um, you know, doing this radio show, you would be like, wow, you just like show up and talk. You are running uh, like mm -hmm. off of a script, mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and that's been a lot in a lot of ways, my, my style. So I hadn't really seen some of the perfectionist tendencies, but where I've really seen that show up, um, is, you know, in trying to take some new, um, some new risks, especially in my business, um, and ways that I've just been, um, hiding out a little bit more and hiding behind this, like, perf like this desire for things to be perfect without even really seeing it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and just noticing, you know, wanting, like, for example, you know, getting a beautiful photo shoot done, but wanting whatever photo that's chosen to be like the most perfect one for this perfect, this page to go with this just so, and the font of the page to be just so, and noticing how the, you know, looking at a website, how the paragraphs are aligned <laughs> next to the photo and what color is in the photo and does the color accompany, you know, oh my gosh. it's just <laughs> wild. And here's the thing, when we're just in our brains, we sometimes don't realize like, oh, not everybody's doing this, right? So like, yeah. As I've been, you know, um, doing my work, you know, in, in like self-coaching scholars, um, you know, as part of our work is just pushing, you know, working on getting B minus work out there, right? So not having it be perfect. And I'll, you know, I'll see myself just doing things like wanting to send out, you know, a newsletter and editing and re-editing that probably, you know, it can be upwards if it's really acting up for me nine or 10 times of mm. sending it to myself, resending it, sending it, resending it. Or, um, you know, doing things like, um, you know, I really want to get an Instagram page, started or Instagram account. And I've gone to open that. And then I've thought, well, the, you know, the colors or the layout, I don't know what's going on with that or what, you know, how these particular things with quotes should look or mm -hmm. be presented. And so I'm just going to close it down. That's embarrassing. And I thought, whoa, this is, this is really legit and is getting in my way, you know, even in terms of um, offering and, and this is the thing I'm like coaching clients on this stuff all of the time yeah. to get out of their own way. And sometimes I think it can creep up on us and we don't even realize it, you know, or, you know, it, um, it comes up for me when I'm wanting to make a new offering as I am, um, to women to be able to do a group coaching program with me, which is online. And I've, I've been deliberately leaning in and letting them know specifically, this will not be perfect. Mm -hmm. I am aiming in fact, to make this as imperfect as possible. And you can be along with me in this journey. Right. And just being like, I can't wait to, I can't keep putting off, um, walking the path that I need to walk, helping the people that I need to help because of my interest in designing a perfect 
offering. You know, it's just getting in my way. Um, and the, the reason that I said it's like sometimes wearing distractions clothing is because I'll think to myself, oh, well, I'm just distracted. Cause I'll start, you know, I'll start working on that Instagram thing and I'll think, oh no, I need to go write this other thing. And then I'll start writing that other thing. And then I'll hop over to something else and something else and something else. Um, so just noticing that, that a lot. And right now I'm, I'm reading, um, the perfection detox, um, by Petra. I think her last name is Kobler. Um, Cobbler. Yeah. Cobbler. I'm probably saying it wrong anyway. Um, but just, you know, just being able to separate ourselves from some of the, you know, she has you kind of pinpoint the top three, basically fear thoughts that are the top three hits that run in your mind again and again and again. And so maybe one of your top three hits that you can just kind of notice it will come up at any time. So it might be, Oh, I should be more ahead at this point in my life, or, um, I'll never be able to do this thing. Cause I'm not, I'm not as smart as everybody else, you know, whatever those top three hits for you are, um, being able to write them out, identify them so that, you know, you know that they're there because, you know, this is not a new concept. Like we're, we're sort of used to thinking these particular thoughts, but really being able to separate ourselves from those top three hits, because those are going to show up in every, everything that we're trying to do. And when we are being perfectionists, those are the very things that will stunt and kill our dreams. So um, that's just something that I've been really focused on and really focusing on, you know, um, leaning into and just being like, okay, I just need to get my work out there. And it's, it's just, it's all right. If it's not perfect, it needs yeah. to not be perfect. In fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I identified as a perfectionist for many years mm-hmm. and I never saw it this was, of course, before I started digging in a little bit deeper yeah. to being onto myself. But mm-hmm. I never saw that as a negative. I thought, well, it just means that I am a high performer, high achiever, and it's something to be proud of that I'm yes. perfectionistic and I won't let it leave my hands until it has no grammatical errors and whatnot. And um, I have learned many things about perfectionism since then, but one of the biggest ones that stood out to me, I learned from Brooke Castillo Mm -hmm. and I never thought about it this way, but perfectionism is a very fear-based desire to control how others perceive you. Yes. And I thought, Oh God, yes. I want to be perceived as intelligent and Mm -hmm. as well-read and articulate and curated beautifully and all of the things Those are my Mm -hmm. biggest fears. They've always been that I will not be perceived in that way, that I will be perceived as dumb, that I will be perceived as ugly, that I will be perceived as um, just fell off the turnip truck since I'm from the South and I had that (laughs) encounter a couple of times growing up. Uh Um, And so my perfectionism was the shield that I used to protect myself from those things. And yeah, it is. I, the other thing that I've learned, there was another mentor and I used to, you know, she would send out emails and she would have typos and grammatical errors. And I would be like, Oh God, how can she Mm -hmm. let this leave her hands? But what I've watched is her, (laughs) her level of able to send her, her ability to send beautiful, positive ripple effects with her transformative life-changing wisdom and work hits the ground a lot sooner than mine does. And she doesn't send like every minute it stays in our hands. You are doing the people that need you a disservice 
who gives a damn if it has grammatical errors right. at this point? Yeah. It just needs to be out there. <laughs> yes. And I think that that's like, you know, um, having, having successfully completed a PhD program, yeah. that perfectionism, <laughs> that is what is rewarded, right? Yeah. Is like, I can look through any document and like figure out where you've, you know, you've misplaced commas, what should be capitalized, how in this particular, um, you know, phrasing according to the American psychological, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It goes on and on and on. And so it has been it's actually been me having to really undo some of that way of thinking and being in the world. Because, you know, even as I read other people's materials, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you sent this out with this sentence like that? I can't believe it, right? But here I am sitting on a mountain of things that I would love to send out, but I'm too busy correcting my commas yeah. to get it out there. Um, and so I think it's like, I've been working really to undo that. And part of the ways that I've been practicing that is in, you know, sending the newsletters to my entrepreneurial community every week so that I am getting back in the habit of writing in a way that is just soul based, that is directly from me. That is how I feel and view the world and less of that, like more perfectionistic kind of way of being that I was trained to do. So it's just been like trying to find my own voice and really practicing self-acceptance around like, look, I can't control how people are going to view me anyway. People are there. People are going to think I'm stupid no matter what I try. People are going to think that, you know, I didn't get the best education, like whatever, but there will be just as many people who don't think I'm stupid and just as many people who do value my education. And so it's like, I can't control what other people are going to think. They're going to think that of me anyway. So I might as well just get the work out there and be helping other people in the ways that I know that I can, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am. I am a big fan of sending things out before I'm ready now. And I think it's been a good practice and having I like that you are doing this weekly because that really forces you to turn things around quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think about the picture thing you mentioned. It also reminded me of something I've heard Brooke say is that you know, I know how that goes to have, you know, you try to take a selfie for your newsletter or you're in a group at dinner and they want to take a picture of the group and everybody looks at the figure. Oh, I don't look good in that one. Oh my yes. gosh, I've got something in my teeth. And the way that Brooke says it, she's like, I don't, every picture I see of myself, I look amazing. That's yeah. just me. If I have yes. spinach in my teeth, if one eye is closed, I'm like, that's a great picture. Let's yeah. share it everywhere. Beautiful. <laughs> well, right, and she was saying, you know, we never look at pictures of our pets and be like, yeah, oh, that's a terrible angle, right? What? That my dog just looks fat. I can't believe <laughs> it. Right. We would never do that. But we do that to ourselves in these like this like self-assault kind of way, right? And it's just like it's perfectly perfect because it's you. And yeah. you know, we we're just we can be super harsh critics of ourselves and you know, really prevent ourselves from being in that moment, right? When somebody does bring out the camera, you are with friends to just like enjoy that moment that was captured, right? Like I look beautiful in that moment. I felt amazing in that moment. I was with friends in that moment, right? Instead of needing it to be perfect and for you to look perfect. Yes. It's, I think that it's um, 
that that is that's a long road for a lot of people to try to overcome that sense of perfectionism and and I consider myself to be pretty aware person, very self-reflective, constantly doing my own work, you know, working with my own coach, working with my own therapist, all that. And it still can just sneak up and I am not even realizing it's there. I have had that same experience. I'm like, my God, I have used these exact tools with clients 10 times this week. And yet it took someone else looking at it from the outside to say, uh, why don't you reframe it this way? And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> Duh. <Yes>. It's <laughs> so whatever true. it takes to get past the perfectionism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love well, it. I love we've it. Got, you know, just like a couple minutes left. So what, uh, Alessandra, you have any events you want to mention or last call for, um, uh, sending contact out information into the airwaves so people can oh, find yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so people can find me at alessandraduke.com. I'm the only Alessandra Duke in all of the Googles. So you can, yeah, you can Google Alessandra Duke and I am that person. Mm -hmm. Um, that will come up. Um, yeah, that's what I get from my parents bestowing such a unique name on me. Thank you parents. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you can find me there and, um, Right now, what I'm test, I'm doing a little trial, a two month trial of a group coaching program. So, um, if if there's any anyone out there who is like, has been is interested in anything that I'm saying, would want to work with me at all, I'm I'm offering this two month trial, um, which will turn into a longer term group coaching program. But the two months is for me to work out any kinks with doing um, things online. So if you are a patient person, uh, um, a patient person who can kind of bear with me as I'm working out those sort of quirks, um, but you'd also like some amazing coaching, um, please contact me through my website. Um, It'll kick off on August 12th. So that's my plug that I'll make. And any Lady Boss meetings coming up? Lady Bosses, we our next meeting will be in September. So our um, the date um, the date has not been confirmed yet, but I'll announce that the next time that we're on the radio beginning of September. Okay. Very good. That's good to know. Um, yeah. So, and for my part, of course, my website is goldenoversoul.com. And, um, I think we'll be talking about this more next month, but I am, so I did my beta test with soul digger Uh as a five week program for a really awesome group. Um, turned out to be all women, but there were um, a wonderful small group. And I think I'm going to expand this and I, uh, just will tease it as this way that I want to turn it into a community. Um, that is an ongoing month to month thing, because I feel like, um, we need those touch points to stay living aligned with our soul. Um, and so it reminds me a lot, like my mom used to go to Bible study when I was younger. And of course we won't be doing any, um, religious stuff in this group, but it will be that touch point that you can take your spiritual work deeper and in a really fun way. So like book club, times Bible study without the Bible. I mean, we probably will look at like the gospel of Mary Magdalene or something, <laughs> but, um, yes, plus just some connection. And I see Benny is cueing the music. So it's yes, time it to go. So stay tuned for that folks. So thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Sunny Joy signing off along with Dr. Alessandra Duke. Thank you. Yay. And we'll see you together the next Bye. first Friday. Yay. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.